Well, good morning. How are you? I hope you uh, two thumbs. That's excellent. Excellent. Well, before I start to speak to you this morning, I've got a couple of thank yous. And the first one is to David for that word. Left me smiling. And uh, thank you for that. And uh, thank you for being bold enough. I know you're bold anyway, to come up the front here and to share that with us. And I also want to thank our worship group this morning. Wasn't that lovely, the worship? And in particular, um, no disrespect to the rest of you guys, I want to thank Chris for introducing that new song. It's a wonderful, wonderful song. And I think having new songs coming into our service of worship is a good thing. You know, shake the dust off. Nothing wrong with the old hymns. I love them. But new songs with new words coming from new thoughts from people to encourage us the way that David has done as well. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. That was wonderful. Well, if you were here last night, we had a dramatic time. We had a quiz. And we had fish and chips, which was equally as nice. And I was in a delightful team of people with my dear wife and three lovely young ladies from the University of East Anglia who are here, Hannah and two, Hannah and Naomi are here this morning. Put your hands up, Hannah and Naomi. Come on, let's show us who you are. If you don't, have, you don't know them and you get a chance, go and speak to them this morning because they are wonderful. I had such a great evening. We came fourth out of six. And I reckon after 10 rounds, that wasn't bad. And as I went home, I thought, if we only we had another 10 rounds, we could have got the third. You know? It was a great night. Fellowship is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing. Well, here we are. We're at the last um, preach, sermon, whatever you want to call it, of our series now um, on God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's my pleasure and delight to be able to share this last one with you. And in some ways... Try to round things up a little bit if it's possible to do so. But I want to start by declaring this. God the Father created us. Jesus the Son redeemed us. And the Holy Spirit develops and empowers us. Those three go together. One without the other makes no sense and doesn't work. I'll remind you again, because this is what the series has been about. God the Father created us. We are His. Jesus redeemed us. Hallelujah, yes? Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit developed and empowers us. However, an often neglected subject in our churches is the Holy Spirit. We were fortunate, uh, you know, our time has just gone by with this lockdown, maybe it was earlier this year, maybe it was last year, to have a wonderful series delivered by David, actually, and Jonathan Squirrel. Were there any others involved in that, David? It was just the two of you, just the two of you, all about the Spirit and the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit, and it was a wonderful series. And I don't want to go over that again, because I, I don't think that's necessary this morning. But it is a much-neglected subject, the Holy Spirit. Whether it's to our shame or not, I don't know. I'll leave you to be the judge of that. But you would think, wouldn't you, that as important subject matter as the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit is, that we would talk about the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. Because to be frank, if you're serving God, and we do that every minute of our lives, we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. So how can we be getting on with our lives and somehow in our minds or in our life, the Holy Spirit is seemingly elsewhere? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. You cannot serve the Lord even adequately, 
even adequately unless you understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life. Anything else we do without thought, consideration, prayer to the Holy Spirit means that we try to do it in our own strength. And that will be less than adequate, generally speaking. Though God blesses whatever we do, but to do God's work, we need the power of the Holy Spirit within us. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, that's a word, isn't it? Filled. Oh my goodness, hasn't that been a contentious subject over the years? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm not even going to go into some of the disagreements that have been banded around about that particular issue. I'm just going to tell you what I think. Yes, I was filled with the Holy Spirit the day I gave my life to the Lord. Have you given your life to the Lord? If you really and truly have, then the Spirit comes and fills you. And you have been filled with the Spirit. But what does it mean? Well, I'll tell you what I think it means. It means this. I've written it down. That He has His way in my life, moment by moment, and it's His way and not my way. It's His way and not my way. And any time it's my way, I am going against the Spirit. So I want to talk a little bit about what the Spirit should mean to us, does mean to us, in our lives. I don't want to talk it in some deep theological way because I'm not capable of doing that, to be honest with you. I want to talk to you about it in the practical, everyday way we think about our lives and our relationship with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to start by reading. Now, I haven't got a passage this morning. I haven't got that. I felt it was more important to bring across some passages which pull together a point. So I hope you'll follow me with this. There's a number of passages that you probably don't want to follow in your Bible. It's on the screen, is it? Yeah, great stuff. Here we go then. Jesus spells out for us the starting point as he tells us, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. In chapter 14 of John, it says, Jesus go on to illustrate how our devotion to him will impact on us. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Bear that in mind. Not just the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. He then informs us in John chapter 14 of how the Holy Spirit will continually impact on us. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit continues to impact on us. And in Galatians, Paul enters the scene and says this, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against each thing there is no law. I'm going to come back to these things in a moment or two. In Acts chapter 1, after his resurrection, Jesus tells how the Holy Spirit will help us 
with our purpose in life. If you remember maybe a couple of weeks back, three weeks ago, I talked about God's purpose being our purpose. And in that he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of this earth. In Corinthians, Paul goes on to say, do not know Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. And to conclude the readings in Matthew, Jesus gives us a warning, but it also encourages us. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Either in this age or in the age to come, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You know, it's vital that we keep these words from the Scriptures in our minds about the Holy Spirit. I've been trying to bring it all together, really, those readings, and I've done that with four headings. Have you got the slide for the four headings there? No? There we are. Okay, so we have the beginning. We have the impact, the power, and the solemn knowledge. They may not mean much to you. Maybe they will at the end of this this morning, but they meant a lot to me as I was trying to pull this together. So let's have a look at this. Let's start with the beginning, shall we? Jesus sets out the starting point in John chapter 3, verses 6 to 8. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. You must be born again. Are you born again? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Let me give you a little bit of a warning. If you're running around saying that you're doing things in the Spirit and you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. If you attend this church or you attend any church or you walk out in life and you proclaim that you're a Christian, that you've given yourself to the Lord and you haven't been born again, you are in trouble. Don't forget that. It's serious business. The moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are born again. And you were born again and the Spirit comes to dwell inside of you. The great evangelist Billy Graham explained, being born again like this, our first birth gave us physical life, but the new birth gives us spiritual life and membership in God's family. Isn't that wonderful? Not just a new life day by day, but a spiritual life as well. And all part of God's family. To be born again is to have the Holy Spirit transform our hearts from indifference and hostility towards God to a love of God and a desire for righteousness and holiness. And he finishes by saying, the only way one can come to God and experience what it means to be born again is through repentance of sin and faith in Jesus Christ. You see, born again means more than simply agreeing to the fact that Jesus died. It means a lot more than that. It means that he died for us, for our sins, And that in that, when we believe on him, when we grab hold of that invitation that we're given to live a life and follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell. That's the beginning. I'm going to leave it there simply about the beginning at the moment because if you have not been born again, 
This morning is the time to get yourself down the front here with one of the leaders or somebody who's in the prayer team and think seriously and also then give your life to Jesus Christ. Don't leave here today if you've not done that. Because the moment you do, you will enter into a new spiritual life and the Holy Spirit will empower you and you will do great things for the Lord, even greater than Jesus himself has done. Isn't that wonderful? We'll be filled with boldness, as you were saying, David. Boldness. Strength. Power. But not for our own needs, our own means, but to do the work of Jesus Christ. To fulfill our purpose here on earth. So a relationship and how the Holy Spirit works in us starts from the very moment we give our life to Jesus. Don't you ever let anybody tell you different than that. Oh, I don't think you've got... I had somebody say this to me once. I really don't think the Spirit is in you, brother. It was simply because I didn't want to do some of the things they were doing. We were once talking about one of the gifts of the Spirit, which is the gifts of tongues, which I don't experience. And I was actually told by somebody, you're not really filled with the Spirit. Huh? Tongues is a gift. I hadn't been given that gift. But the Holy Spirit dwelled within me and dwells within me. Don't let people tell you if you have given your life to the Lord that you are not filled with the Spirit. You are. Some people may disagree with me. Happy to talk about it. But let's remind ourselves again before we leave this beginning piece in John chapter 14. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. That's Jesus' words. The moment we give our lives to the Lord, the Spirit is in us. But hey, doesn't that sound good? Oh dear. But I hope you realize with it comes a big responsibility. And I hope you realize that this wonderful independence that you believe you've got to do what you want to do in your life disappears forever. That's not a consequence though, that's a joy. Because the person who you're going to be obeying and working for and giving your life to day by day is Jesus Christ. Not the prime minister, president, or whoever else it might be, the leader of the church even, the pastor, it is to Jesus. And you will have the spirit in you. That's the beginning. So if there's anybody in this building this morning believe that the Spirit is not in you and you have given your life to Jesus Christ, it is. But how you respond to it, that's the thing. Let's move on and look at the impact. Oh, I love the impact. Yeah? The Holy Spirit, when it comes inside us, his main work, if you like, or job is simply this, to make us more like Jesus. And when we walk out of here, and even as we're wandering around talking to each other, when the Spirit is working us, and we allow the Spirit to work us, and we don't quench the Spirit, people should see Jesus in what we do. All those fruits I talked about earlier, which I'll come to in a moment, that's what they should see in our lives. Now, I admit there are times when that may not happen. 
I bet you there's times during the day when I'm walking around the house and Teresa's looking at me and thinking, he looks a bit of a grump. Oh, can't see much of the fruit in him at the moment. Well, now we all have our down times, don't we? We all have those times when we're feeling a little bit less than we ought. But the Holy Spirit has an impact on us. And what the Holy Spirit, what Jesus, what God wants us to do is to bear good fruit. Bear good fruit. Now, as far as I can see, if you want to measure yourself, measure yourself against that in the first instance. Are we bearing good fruit? Let me remind you again what the, the good fruit is. Yeah? Love. Are you showing love? You think about it. Are you showing joy? Well, at the moment, you're all looking very serious. I'd like to see a few more smiles out there. Some joy. Yeah? Are you offering peace to people in the way that you deal with them? The way that you deal with the world. Are you a peacemaker? Do you exhibit forbearance? People can really get on your nerves, can't they? You're probably sitting there thinking, yeah, you are. I wish you'd sit down. Have we forbearance? Do we exhibit kindness? Genuine kindness. Not doing something because it's protocol or doing something because it's good manners. Anybody can do that. Anyone can follow the rules if they want to. But what's in your heart? And when the Holy Spirit is in your heart, when you show kindness, it is of the heart. It's something that you would do and you get great joy from it. So are you exhibiting kindness, goodness? The works that you do, people perceive as being good works. They can see the benefits to others in that. Faithfulness. How faithful are we? Do we do all things for Jesus or we do some things for ourselves because it suits us? Do we pray regularly? I have to pray in some... Well, I don't. I mean, some people have a very disciplined prayer life. I pray whenever I think I need to pray. You know, that's quite often, actually. Just speak it out. Faithful to God. Faithful in your relationship to God. Are you gentle with people? And do you have self-control? In my life, I have to say, the thing I've had to work on more than anything else is my self-control. Yeah. Oh, I used to have a bad temper. Controlling my moods, controlling the things I thought about people when I had no right to think them. Ah, oh, it's been a, a hard walk at times. But God has been with me every step of the way as we sang about this morning. Never left me, never let me down. And the fruits, when I have exhibited them, have come through the Holy Spirit. Not because Chris Cleary is a good guy. I like to think I might be, and people would think that. But when you really see the fruits of the Spirit's coming out of me, it is because of the Holy Spirit and the power and, if you like, the influence I've allowed Him to have on my life. John says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. You see, the Holy Spirit impacts on us by telling us the truth. I sometimes think of uh, Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket, the conscience of Pinocchio. And people might think, hey, don't do the spirit down. I'm not, I'm just trying to give you an example. But I think the spirit prompts us, tells us when we're on the wrong tra track, when we're thinking the things that we shouldn't think, 
That's the impact the Holy Spirit has on us. You must have all walked through your life at some time, and actually as you've been doing something, or about to say something, or haven't already said it, going, did I say that out loud? I really didn't mean that. But inside you at the same time, there's been this little prompt that's been going, don't say that, don't do that, don't go there, don't follow them, don't read that book, don't watch that film, don't get involved in those social activities, but we do it anyway. But that's the Holy Spirit working in us. All right, just over there, look. Don't you love babies? Sorry, I do get distracted by them. I do love them. Yeah. God, uh, sorry, the Spirit also, one of the most important things for me is helping to understand the Word of God. Without the Holy Spirit, we can read and read and read and come away with no understanding when it comes to God's Word. Without the Holy Spirit... We cannot understand God's word. In 2 Timothy it says this, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It connects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You quench the spirit, that stops. That stops because the Holy Spirit is in there to have impact on us and part of that impact is to help us understand the words of the scripture. I was thinking this morning and I added this um, very quickly because I was thinking about it, about watching the Sunday school go out. And it's wonderful to see the children going out and to know that when they get out there they're going to hear the word of God. And I was thinking about those teachers how all the preparation they've been through, developing and understanding themselves of the subject matter, thinking about how they're going to express it to children in a way that the children will understand so it will have an impact on their life. Wonderful, wonderful work they're doing, but none of it happens or comes to fruition without the Holy Spirit. Who's the teacher? The Holy Spirit. Who's the equipper? The Holy Spirit. Who gives the interpretation of the Word of God? The Holy Spirit. If you take anything from today, it's not because Chris Cleary said something. It's because the Holy Spirit grabbed hold of me and got me to say something which he wanted me to say so it would have an impact on you. And I take no credit for it. And if I say anything that is not doing that, I apologize now. The Holy Spirit is in charge of me this morning and was in charge of me as I read his word and prepared for this morning and will help me deal with the aftermath of it, whatever it is, good or bad. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the impact he has. Jesus says, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. My friends, we need to be born again so the Spirit will fill us. Once we allow the work to fill us, he will begin to teach us and empower us. And we live our lives by the Word of God, do we not? And we cannot live our lives by the Word of God unless we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us. And then we get out there and we live our lives. And we want to live it in a good way, do we not? We want to, people to see the fruit in our lives. And that cannot happen if we quench the Spirit. It can only happen through the Spirit working in our lives. The Holy Spirit has impact on us constantly. And if we don't consider the Holy Spirit, give thought to the Holy Spirit, address and pray to the Holy Spirit as we pray to God and Jesus, we are doing the Holy Spirit a disservice. 
I don't know how long I'm going to live. I hope a long time, actually. I'm nearly 70 now and hope I've got another 20 odd years to go. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? Chris, would you speak for this morning? That'd be all right. I don't mind. You know? Oh, yeah, help me up. Yeah, I've got to put a ramp in here for the wheelchair. You know? Hey, who cares? We'll keep going, keep doing it. I don't know how long I'm going to live, but what I do know is this, that if I'm going to serve God, I need the Holy Spirit to be working within me every moment of the day and doing the things that God wants the Holy Spirit to do for me to make me the person that God wants me to be. I have told you this before, that sometimes I've looked in the mirror. Bruce Springsteen comes to mind as always. You know, I look in the mirror and I don't see the man I want to be. I feel like that sometimes. What's the man I want to be? I want to be the man that God wants me to be. I want to be the person that God created me to be. It's been a long journey. I'm still a long way off. But every now and then, even myself, even I can admit, I see a glimpse of it. And I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, I finally got it. At least on that bit. And he gives us power. That's the third bit. He gives us power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. Can you will see power to be my witnesses. A few weeks ago I talked about the purpose of God. The purpose of God is to get us all back to being with him forever and ever and ever. And he gave Jesus that purpose as well. And Jesus gave us that purpose when he gave us the, that, that great um, uh, commission at the end of Matthew. And to do that, we need power. And where does the power come from? The Holy Spirit. All the impact that I've had should lead us to do that. Now, here's the rub. Here's the rub. God can give us that freedom to work for him. And he can give us the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit can give us that power. And the fruits can flow out of us. And we can do great things for him. But in a lot of places, the great things are only done inside the building of the church. And within the church community. Sorry, that's a fact in some places. The holy huddle, they call it. I actually quite like the holy huddle. I like the holy cuddle. But I like it. I like being here with you. But, you know, as much as that is to have fellowship, that has, there's a purpose to that. But my real purpose is to get out there. What was you said, David? I think it was you, David, said there's thousands of people out there who don't know nothing to the Lord. What are we doing about it? People say, well, I'll do it when I've got time. I'll do it when I get a moment. I'll do it when the opportunity arises. My friends, God will make the opportunities. We have to take them. But we won't take them if the only people we meet day by day, week by week, is people who are like us, born again Christians. The joy of the fellowship of born again, with born again and Christians is so obvious. It builds us up. We have fun. We have joy. It strengthens us. It's paired to people to bear us up at times of weaknesses and difficulties, to pray for us. We know all the benefits of being together, but that's not our purpose. Our purpose is to get out there. 
whoever it is at every opportunity. And when we get out there, please do not fall into that trap that I hear people fall into. I'd have loved to talk to them about Jesus, but I was so worried that I wouldn't know what to say. I was so worried what they might think of me. Would they laugh at me? Would they think I was a Jesus freak, one of these weirdos? Would they move a little bit along the bench? I remember sitting in Chapel Field, was talking to somebody, and we got round to a particular subject difficult. I said, well, you know the answer to that? Jesus Christ. They moved three feet from me. You know, you think I had B.O. They moved. That's why I was worried when you moved from me. You know, that's what sometimes I was going to say. But hey, people will respond to you in a bad or negative way sometimes. Big deal. Big deal. It's their loss. I'm afraid to say it is their loss. But what about out of 12 people who you speak to in the course of a day, one goes, tell me more. Tell me more. And the power of the Spirit just starts to dwell in you and, and just explode. And all those things that you didn't know, think you'd know what to say, you will know what to say. God will give you the words. Maybe not quoting Scripture Verse after verse after verse. And you know, sometimes that's not what's needed. Maybe what's needed is simply you letting them know how God and Jesus and the Spirit has impacted on your life. How they have helped you through times of difficulty. How they give you hope for the future. Because, you know, a lot of people out there are devoid of hope. That's one of the biggest problems in our society today. And I know there are many, many problems. But I get around and I talk to people. And when I talk to these people and you weigh it all up and you, deal, you drill down, you find that so many are devoid of hope. For the future, for their lives, they don't know why they're here. They don't know what they're doing. They're just going through day by day by day by day by day. If anybody here who is born again, who has given their life to Jesus, has accepted the Great Commission, dares say to me this morning, I have no hope, I don't know what my purpose is in life. We need to have a talk. Because you do have a purpose. You do know what you're doing in your life. You do have hope. But people out there don't. And the power that the Holy Spirit gives us is the power to get out there and fulfill our purpose in the world. And I'm going to tell you something. This is absolutely true. Teresa will tell you this. If anybody balks, anybody balks more than me at witnessing, I've yet to meet them. Every time I know that I need to witness to somebody, I can feel it, I can feel God speaking to me, speak to them, my legs go a little bit like jelly. I find all sorts of reasons why I shouldn't do it. Because I'm just human. I'm just human. I have the same fears as everybody else has. But somehow, when I call on the name of Jesus, when I look to the power of the Holy Spirit, somehow something changes. And there are times when I don't even know what I'm going to say. And you say it, and then you leave it with Jesus. Yeah? I knew a great guy called John Wright, who lived in the area, passed away last year or so, I think. John? Anybody know John Wright? Yeah? He was a character, wasn't he? Yeah, you got with John, hello, how are you? And he could never remember your name. And you think it was just a passing greeting, and an hour later you were trying to get away because he was so full of the Lord. 
And he would talk to people wherever he was. And sometimes it would be for an hour or two, and sometimes it would be for five minutes, sometimes for just a couple of minutes. He'd leave them with something to think about. He'd sow the seed. Oh, he was a brave man for the Lord. He really was. I admired him greatly. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So it says in 2 Timothy. We need to be confident that when we're born again, when we're born again, when we allow the Spirit to live within us and have impact, that the power will be there to do all things for Him. But we need the Spirit. And lastly, I just want to talk about something which is not talked about enough and needs to be talked about, and that is the solemn knowledge. The Holy Spirit dwells within you when you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And once, as we've heard this morning, you become a follower and the Holy Spirit dwells within you, He begins to work on you. He begins to change you, develop you, empower you. Why? So we become more like Jesus. But there are two pieces of teaching in the Scriptures, one by Paul, one by Jesus, that we need to be absolutely mindful of when we're thinking about the Holy Spirit. And the first is in 1 Corinthians. Paul says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. I've said so far this morning that the knock comes on the door and we're invited by God We're invited by Jesus to follow them. And we accept that invitation. And then they have an impact on us. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit have an impact on us. Yeah? And that Holy Spirit dwells within us. Do you believe that changes you? Absolutely. If it doesn't, it should. It ought to, unless you're quenching the Spirit. It changes you. And why does it change you? Because the Holy Spirit is living inside us. It's inside of us. That's a funny thing to imagine, isn't it? A spirit living inside of us. Today, they turn that into some freaky horror film. There's a spirit inside of people. And believe you me, there are some spirits which shouldn't be inside of people. I'm not here to talk about them. I'm not going to give them house room today. But the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, does dwell inside of us. Every moment of every day. And where God dwells is holy ground. We need to be mindful of that. We're not, not, just, we're not just dealing with anybody here. We're dealing with the Almighty God, the I Am. And wherever God rests is holy ground. And we better take our shoes off, not literally, but we better bow our heads, get down on our stomachs, and remember whose presence we're in. Am I right or am I wrong? Well, thank you. We need to do that. If we saw Jesus now walking through that door in physical form, I bet you all of us would be up on our feet because we want to have a look of him, and then hopefully in the next moment, down on our bellies again because we would know whose presence we are in. Am I right? Absolutely. When the Holy Spirit dwells within us, why are we not treating the Holy Spirit in the same way? Why do we not walk in life thinking, inside of me, God himself dwells? That's what he's saying here. We become a temple to the Holy Spirit. And every time we walk out there, and I put my hand up because I do it so often, too often, and I 
could curse myself for doing it. And I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to impact on me. And I'm not respecting the Holy Spirit. I am dishonoring God himself. So my friends, if you take nothing else from this today, those of you who are born again, do remember this. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. Inside of you is holy ground. You're not just anybody. You are holy through the grace of God. You are holy. Remember that. You have great value. You're precious. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you that Jesus Christ redeemed you and God created you. And that makes you precious. In Matthew, Jesus says, And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven. But blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. Isn't that crazy? You can speak against the Son of Man and you can be forgiven. Against Jesus. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Either in this age or in the age to come. What does he say do? Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Thousands of people in churches all over this country and further afield go day after day, week after week, month after month, and never hear anything of the Holy Spirit except in passing. Yet the Holy Spirit is God. And even more importantly, the Holy Spirit dwells in us every second of our lives when we give our life to Jesus. And yet sometimes I feel we dismiss him out of hand. I'm not saying we curse him or we moan about him or we shout at him or we say bad things to other people about him, but just the very fact that we quench what he is trying to do in us is speaking against him in some ways. Now, we've not blasphemed against him. I know you haven't. I know I haven't. So we haven't committed that unforgivable sin. But I'm interested in the sin of just ignoring him not accepting who the Spirit is and the fact that He dwells within inside of us. And we cannot function as Christians without Him. So the things we've explored this morning are not to be taken lightly. I hope you realize that. We've accepted Jesus' invitation to follow Him. If you haven't, as I said earlier on, get down here this morning. I'm happy to pray with you. Steve is, any of the other leaders. In fact, anybody who's been born again would be happy to pray with you. And give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus this morning if you haven't done so. He charges us nothing, but it costs us everything. No charge, but it will cost us everything. Our lives. The Holy Spirit is not the other part of the Trinity or the lesser part. As I've heard people actually say from a platform. Hmm. He's not. He's an equal part of the Trinity with Jesus and with God. And we need to recognize that and the impact he has on our life. Not to be ignored. Not to be ignored. Nor to be called on when we feel like it. Not to be dismissed or discarded when he becomes more challenging than we like to think we can cope with. We don't do those things with the Holy Spirit. This morning's worship and exploring of the Word is a serious, serious commitment. For serious people people who are serious about God 
and God's purpose for them. Kathy, where are you, Kathy? Can't see you. There's something back. Thank you for your prayers this morning. Thank you for the fact that you prayed about things that are on our hearts, that things that concern us, things that need our work, our time, our energy, our prayer. They're serious issues, aren't they? They need serious people doing serious things for God and allowing the power of the Spirit to work within them, to allow us to be the person that God wants us to be. I pray that God will bless you this morning, that something of what he's asked me to say to you will resonate with you, impact on your lives, and that all of us will see in our lives the fruit of the Spirit more and more and more. Let's pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we are so privileged to know you as our creator, our redeemer, our empower. We thank you, Lord, that you want us and are prepared to give us so much time and energy to become the people that you created us to be. That you've not forgotten us. You didn't just create us, push us out the door and say, well, get on with it now. That you've given us that chance to be born again, to follow you, and to have our lives changed by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, if we have taken that for granted or forgotten about it in any way, I pray that you'll forgive us and we can start afresh this morning. May this not be the last we hear of the Holy Spirit, not in this church, not in these lives. May the Spirit be a constant in everything we do, as I know is your will. Amen. Hand over to Steve. Chris, thank you very much. I'm going to invite the worship group up. And as we think about everything that Chris has said and what God has spoken to us, we're going to worship with this last song, I'll Offer Up My Life. Thank you, guys.
Thank you, Father. Thank you for speaking to us 